All right. Well, Thank you good. so much for taking the time to speak with me. Oh, my pleasure. I love uh, I love these venues, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I'm a newbie to the whole vegan world. And I said, it, you know, I don't mind giving recipes out to people that I cook all the time, but I still want to be able to interview people so they can be informed, not just on, you know, um, you know, what foods are out there. Um, but like, you know, the medical side of things, too, because a lot of times people go vegan and, um, you know, they don't really do their research. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and there's not. I mean, the, and even though the internet is an endless, um, it can be pretty confusing because there's just so much out there, and you got some people saying one thing and other people saying other thing. You even have doctors saying different things. So, I tell people oh, really yeah. just uh, you have to take go by the weight of evidence and by the credentials of the doctors, and don't just take right. it for granted because they have a doctor before the name or md after that that means you know everything right. they're saying is 100 percent. you know you just you have to talk with people you can trust and digging and and come up with your own you know impressions and conclusions because there's a lot of misleading stuff out there we've certainly found that out mostly with covid <laughs> but uh oh yeah uh, but certainly in the field of nutrition and veganism a lot of people don't know what vegan really is um, I have people right. in my inner circle. I'll ask them, "What do you think vegan is?" And they say, "Oh, it, it's a it's a diet where you just don't eat animals, right?" I'm like, no, it's not a diet. <laughs> so, but um, no, it's it's anyway, a lifestyle. So. I mean, once you, yeah. you know, uh, but before we dive in, I need to do some introductions. <laughs> sure, sure, um, okay. Well, so yeah. For 32 years now, it's my 32nd year in allergy and immunology. Uh, mm -hmm. That's my specialty. I have a base specialty of internal medicine. So subspecialty is allergy and immunology. Okay. And um, and I now it's been, uh, I think it's been about eight or nine years that I've been vegan. I've been plant-based, whole food plant-based. I've been vegan for maybe about um, really two or three years because <laughs> uh, I started off really whole food plant-based. Right. And uh, for health reasons. So anyway, so yeah, that's my background. Um, and I'm from Chicago area and um, was working out of three offices for about 30 years, but pandemic closed down some of our offices. I'm working out of one now. We my, and um, see all ages and I have integrated nutritional nutrition concepts into my daily practice. I see mostly people with asthma, with um sinus allergies, uh, skin allergies like eczema, hives, swelling, stuff like that. But you don't have to go into all that. Really, the basic things are just, uh, I, I've been an allergist and immunologist for many, for a few decades. And um, to, mo all my training has been regional. I went to University of Illinois for college, Washington University in St. Louis for medical school, and um, did my training in internal medicine at University of Illinois in Chicago, and then went back for allergy training at Washington University and been in the same practice now for 32 years and will be retiring in another year. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. But then I'll be doing full force nutrition. I have a, I've launched a website called Fearless MD 21, uh, Fearless MD, yeah, Fearless MD 21. Uh, that's, I have the other, other handles, uh, you know, um, Instagram, Twitter, the usual stuff. And I post a video, I post a YouTube video 
on 10 minutes or less um, every week about nutrition concepts. I've posted one on protein. That's one of the most common questions. Where are you going to get your protein? Someone asked me two weeks ago, where, where do you get your calcium if you're eating just plants? So I did one on that. Um, the yeah. latest one I did days ago was on just where do you start? You know, just a, a, a construct for people that just don't know where to start. Right. So, um, so anyway, that's what, uh, that's what my uh, excitement is over the past few years. Oh, wow. That's yeah. like freaking awesome. I, I mean, cause you know, I, let's see Friday to be 90 days for me. Mm. 90 days, 90 days doing what? Vegan. Oh, really? Okay. Well, uh, happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. And <laughs> I mean, but you know, it's funny because I started introducing healthier ways of eating like a couple of years prior to that, but I really didn't eat very much pork and I uh, really didn't eat a lot of beef unless it was like some flaming young on my birthday or Christmas or a roast once. I mean, like literally I <laughs> I mostly yeah. ate chicken, fish, and 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 turkey, yeah. and um, I was I lactose intolerant, so no eggs or cheese. Yeah, but I still had like yogurt or ice cream or you know something like that. Sure. But you know I realized I can't eat this because it's not agreeing with me, and um, I decided after Thanksgiving I would give the rest of it up because it was the way of, of I was feeling satiated. Yeah. And, you know, I'm about to be 45 soon. So it's like, oh, you're young. <laughs> you got plenty of time. Uh, I to... pe People think I'm younger than that because of, you know, my baby face. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not as young as you think. I, mean, I just well, found... <laughs> you're talking about talking to somebody 20 years older than you. So be careful. <laughs> <laughs> careful what you say now. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because black don't crack. And. <laughs> But we crack on the inside. That's why we're at the top of the list for the diabetes and right. the cancers and the heart disease. I mean, we're filling up these we're, for COVID. We are filling up these urban hospitals disproportionate to our percentage. So we right. might look good, you know, but looking good and looking good when you're being viewed isn't the ideal. No. Well, I mean, it doesn't yeah. help either that they're still used to the same diet of, you know, the Americana diet. And I mean, I I mean, I know this sounds crazy, but not just African Americans, but you know, the Caucasian community in particular. I know so many yeah. people where they got heart disease and cancer and diabetes, type two mainly. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, you need to not eat a whole entire bar of like um, cream cheese in one city. Yeah. Or, I, I mean, this is what I see people do, and I'm like, why are, sure. you doing, why are you doing this? Or, I mean, look at the look at the way they advertise some of these burgers. I mean, you have the cheese on the burger. Um, you even sometimes have the French fries on the burger. Uh, yeah, you may, you may actually have some mayonnaise on the burger. I mean, these burgers are just loaded. fully loaded to put you in yeah. the operating room to get a stent or a bypass oh i know someone that got seven stents in their heart yeah. and they got two um valves one isn't working one is and then they found that they had a yeah. a little aneurysm inside you know outside of that yeah. and it was two centimeters and then they said well in order for us to do anything 
it has to be five centimeters and it was cutting off like their circulation from the top part of the body to the bottom and my aunt was like that can't happen yeah like hell it can't happen <laughs> yes yeah. it can i was like and this person's like 300 pounds and yeah. five foot seven well they shrunk yeah. so yeah. and i'm like oh my god like and i've i've known this person for six years and they have type 2 diabetes they have congestive heart failure they can't even walk like hardly without wow. you know their lungs not getting enough oxygen because of all the weight and then their heart is in the wrong spot and their stomach is on top of it and i'm like well why don't they do something to fix this problem and i mean like he's just all messed up I'm like oh my god yeah yeah so, that's uh work is cut out for us so, yeah, so okay. i'm just curious what made you want to get i mean aside from getting into medicine what made you wanted to do you know um more of a plant-based well when i saw how much it did for me uh, for 25 years i was on three blood pressure medicines and a cholesterol lowering agent called lipitor people know it as by generic name as a torvastatin now but and i hated taking medicine. i mean as a physician it's funny to hear a physician say that but i really don't like taking medications <laughs> so i don't blame so you. for years i worked out avidly i was running miles i've run a couple of half marathons i've done a marathon and i was doing that really to stay healthy so i wouldn't need medicines but it never could get me completely off medicine and then I thought, well, let me look up some nutrition after I went on a Daniel fast for church. And I found when I went on this Daniel fast, I felt so much better. I slept better. Some of my joints aches went away and my blood pressure started to go down in just, oh, just 10 days. And I'm like, uh-oh, that can't be just from all the praying from Daniel fast. Because Daniel fast is about more about prayer than about what you're eating. Right. But during Daniel fast, all you can eat are whole foods and you know and mm -hmm. so that's what sparked that was the spark 10 years ago that was the spark that opened my eyes that there's something about eating <laughs> and then i started doing research and i got certified five six years ago as a health coach in integrative nutrition a year-long pro certification program six hours a week and it really just drove it home okay i've been practicing medicine wrong for 25 years <laughs> you know, so uh, so uh so anyway it uh so that that was really the defining moment um when i realized that it's really about it really is about your food choices as well as lifestyle but even more so about food choices and um there's so many people out there that are in that same vein of thought cardiologists i know head of cardiology in chicago at rush is a vegan and he's, he's half the cardiology department is vegan now on his encouragement. And he used to be the president of the American Cardiolo Cardiology, um, American uh, College of Cardiology. His name's Dr. Kim Williams. And um, so many other people, MDs that have, that know that the best way to live long and live healthy is to eat plant-based. So... Yeah. You know, and it's funny because even in the African-American community, like I, I live in an environment where it's disabled people and people over 55 and elderly. Yeah. And I'm the only visually impaired person in here. However, um, when I changed my eating habits, I mean, literally, when you're talking about giving away food, mm -hmm. I mean, and you know how much food is. 
Yeah. I was I I took bags, plastic bags from like Aldi bags. <laughs> and yeah. I went and I, I, I cleaned out my entire freezer. Mm-hmm. And I went to my next door neighbor and said, Hey, here you go. And I mean I gave them everything I had that had any animal product whatsoever in it. And they loved me yeah. for it. They were like, What the yeah. hell are you eating over there? I'm like, Oh, I'm eating. Yeah. I'm just not eating that anymore. And I, I mean, I, I, I also watched the documentaries too. Yeah. Uh, I just watched the one on the milk, the milk documentary. You that did? Came out yesterday, the day before okay. yesterday. And okay. I mean, I also watched Calsperia, Seasperia, Dominion, yeah. Earthlings. Yeah. So Isn't watched... it amazing about milk? Isn't that an amazing thing? Uh, Something we grew up, we all grew up on. And, right, you know. exactly. And then yeah. on top of that, you're drinking the hormones of a cow. There like, you go. There I, you I go. was like, oh my God. I mean, and I used to drink milk like it was nothing. Well, look, we're made to think it's healthy. Remember, got milk, you know, milk rose, you know, the oh, bones, yes. we need the calcium. I mean, what's life without milk, right? I mean, not to mention dairy products, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I mean, now I wasn't a cheese or an egg person, but yeah. I did like my pizza. And oh, I did who like. Doesn't? I yeah. did like my pepperoni pizza. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. I did try plant-based pizza where I paid ten dollars for it. It was yeah. like it tastes like cardboard. Yeah, it takes some getting used to. Yeah, um, yeah. So now I I couldn't imagine taking one bite of a real pizza, a standard pizza. Right. I'll eat a vegan pizza, and sometimes I'm, I'm questionable how I tolerate because you know they're so they're not really whole foods. You know? That right. vegan cheese is made up, depending on the source of it from a restaurant, it could be made up of all kinds of stuff, even though it's not animal based. Right. So, right. I, so it's a treat every now and then, but. I tried but yeah, just to see, yeah. and I was like, I'm yeah. going to be buying this again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I hear I, you. It's not like the real thing. No. Yeah. And I, I, I know for a lot of people, a lot of my friends and family are very supportive. Thank God for that. Yeah, but I, I did, I did take the vegan pledge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody's okay. like, wow, you're brave. And I'm okay. like, yeah, when you say you're not going into a restaurant where they sell animal products or dairy products at their restaurant, because you know that what, how these animals are being killed, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to seem like a hypocrite. And then on top of that, what are this cross contamination? You know, if you're asking for your stuff to be made a certain way. So forth and yeah. so, and I was like, I would rather look on the menu, online, find what I want to get, go to the store, buy it a, a, the the vegan way and cook it myself, than to spend money somewhere where you you're you're eating livestock and yeah 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 I, I mean you're. You're definitely aligned with the thought processes of a vegan. <laughs> so now, now I will say to my friends, and I mean, I've I've even gone as far as to say, I won't allow dairy or animal products in my house. Yeah. So, and then certain people got mad at me, and I said, someone said, "Well, it's her house. If she yeah. doesn't want that in her house, you cannot bring it in her house. You have to respect her yeah. for that." Yeah. I mean, now, given the fact that we have people who are turning to veganism and they tend to forget you might need some supplements on top of that like your b12 your d3 um if you're older you need multivitamin um i mean i take you know rainbow plant light 
um, supplement. And then I take my D3, which is prescribed to me because of um, my doctor. And then I have B12 and my allergy medication and then my vitamin C. So I take that every single day. And I can tell you, I feel very good. Like none of my hair is fallen out at all. Uh, you know, I've seen videos. I don't know if you've seen them or not, where people have become vegan and they suffer a lot of um, side effects to it because either they weren't doing it the right way or they found out they were allergic to this or, you know, whatever it is. And I mean, people were, and a lot of these people were Caucasian. And they said they had, they had their hair had fell out, their skin had turned orange. So I mean, would there be um, some side effects to being, you know, starting out as vegan, not not doing your research enough, not you know what I'm saying, talking to your doctor first, you know, because you, yeah. you're not just giving up meat and dairy. I mean, you know, there's a whole well, bunch of other factors. Yeah, the thing is that it. We have to realize that um, meat, egg, dairy, poultry, um, fish, they are not essential foods. They don't comprise essential nutrients. So Mm -hmm. not eating those, and nothing's 100%. There may be some one in a thousand or one in 10,000 person out there who really maybe physiologically does better you know, with with some of these animal-based products because maybe they don't metabolize, maybe because of the metabolism of a certain muscle-based protein or something. And the reason why I bring this up is because I've heard this discussed in other settings uh, addressing this very topic. But really, the majority of people, it's just not a necessary thing. And, and you go through an adaptive phase when you've been accustomed to many years of eating meat, egg, and dairy, where Right. For a while, you you may not you may not you may feel differently, and you know, unlike me and probably you and other folks that early on feel different in a positive way, sometimes feel people feel different in a negative way. I'll give you one example. Sometimes people get on board with this. Okay, I know I need more fiber, and I'll I'll make up for that those the that bulkiness from the meat by eating a whole bunch of fiber, and they're not used to eating beans and all that, and then all of a sudden they're eating the whole bowls of beans. And their gut, their gut's not ready for that, <laughs> you know. So they, if they, if you try to build Rome in a day, sometimes it backs up on you, and and that's you know literally in your GI tract. So I tell people go a little slow with the fiber. You're only used to maybe 15 to 18 grams a day with the standard American diet, if that. And now you're going to go to 30, 50, 100. So that's too fast. So that's one thing. Some people don't approach it right now. Other people they are too imbalanced with the vegetables and the fruit. And because they don't have enough grains and legumes, beans, they feel hungry a lot. And so, and then they, and they feel bad because they feel like they're not getting enough to eat. So that's another thing. And the beauty about plant-based is if you really are doing whole food, plant-based, healthy vegan, because I say healthy vegan, because there's a junk food vegan crowd also. Oh yeah. I've seen that. Like, I've tried certain things. Like, okay, yes, I do like my Beyond Burgers. Yeah. I will have them every once in a while. And, 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 you know, I do get the plant-based sausage if I want, like, to make something. Yeah. 
in particular? But I don't, I don't even consider that junk food. I'm saying junk food vegans like those that uh, eat a whole row of Oreo cookies and some oh, potato no, chips no. and cocoa. Well, you're still a vegan now. You're still a vegan. Those don't have animal products in it. See, the thing is, veganism is a social justice movement. Right, right. It's not a health movement. It's right. a social justice movement. Now, those of us, and I mean, you and I are interested in both right. entities. We want to have a longer health span, of course, longer lifespan. But health span means how not only living long, but living well, mm -hmm. not dependent on surgical procedures and stents and all that. And but we also we also want to not play a part in the abuse and the killing of animals. Right. But but veganism point blank is just the latter. You know, you you work toward your lifestyle is towards avoiding and, and promoting that animals are not abused or killed. And so when you eat your Oreo cookies or your potato chips or drink a Coca-Cola, you're still aligned with veganism. Right. It's just not healthy vegan. Well, well you know it's funny though because i mean don't get me wrong i like my runner's ginger ale and i'll do my ginger ale and um you know i do like my pop but i drink a lot of water and when i mean you're supposed to drink half your body weight i probably have about 64 ounces worth of water every day um yeah. i mean i have to have my coffee i did find oat coffee creamer in different mm -hmm. flavors and i didn't go up two dollars <laughs> mm -hmm. mm -hmm. since a couple weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> 314 for one thing of it and then i went back yesterday and it was like 499 wow yeah i'm like okay but uh I personally like i uh have found like maybe one or two vegan restaurants in akron and I went and I actually had me some cut fries and I had me some cauliflower wings. Okay, let me just say this. I was full after the cut fries and the cauliflower wings and the freaking vinca cookie, chocolate chip cookie. I had to have me one. Of course. And literally, I didn't, I ate that at like at three. I didn't eat the next day until seven. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, you can get full you vegan, no no doubt. But the other reason why some people have difficulty is they're not I was kind of getting at it that they don't have a balanced plate. Because I tell right. people when they tell me they struggle with it, I first I want to see what are they doing so I can because sometimes it's very evident that right. they're too imbalanced. But I tell people it's a four quadrant plate. In right. the left left upper quadrant, you have your rainbow of vegetables, especially those cruciferous greens. You want to always have some cruciferous greens in there and that, that people can look it up it's about 16 members in that in that cruciferous you know I mean, that's your kale and your cauliflower and your cabbage arugula a whole bunch of things right. and then you know of course the rainbow color veggies but then the left lower quadrant are your fruits and the berries are the most antioxidant but any of the fruit the rainbow color of fruits and then your upper uh, upper right quadrant are your whole grains oh yeah your, your quinoa your no more processed than old-fashioned oats because, you know, you can do you can do steel-cut oats or even oat groats. The less processed, the better, the more fiber you get. And then the, the lower right quadrant are, are uh, your legumes, your, your soy, your beans, and peas, split peas, things like that. So oh, God. you want to you, you you balance my, that out. Oh, you, uh, see my, you see my house. You'd be like, okay, can I come over and shop? Oh, yeah. Well, there I'm, you go, yeah. And then your nuts and seeds and mushrooms. I hope, you know, I tell people the, the broader your palate, like me, I am so thankful 
but I have a broad-based palate because I have some people, I just don't like mushrooms. I don't like the taste of mushrooms. Or I don't like greens or, you know, I don't like beets. I like beets all are good. that Actually, stuff. I was, I'm, I'm going to see if I have a can of beets. If I don't, I'm going to feel like an idiot because I, I did have a can. Yeah, yeah. And I usually just get two cans just because I would make borscht all the time. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever started out with just plain beets the, 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 from the produce? Uh, I haven't done that. It's so easy. It's so easy. First My of grandmother all, loves beets and tomatoes and onions. She loves that. I'm like, let me tell you, beets lower your blood pressure. Number one, they, and they're good. You know, more than fifty percent of adult blacks have struggled with blood pressure. I struggled right. with it, as I mentioned, for a quarter of a century. But um, beets are so special. When you buy beets with the stalk and the leaves on them, you're getting. Oh, you're getting so much. First, you're getting the beets, which are just beautiful, just wonderful vegetables for you to consume for health. But you're also getting those leaves. Those leaves are beet greens are some of the most tasty, tender greens you can eat. And I mean, they cook. You don't have to cook them long at all. And they are just so I, I love beet greens. And so you make sure you get them with the stalk and the greens and cut those leaves off. And though that's, a, you know, if you get a three or four of them, you got a nice little meal there of greens. And um, and then beets are so easy. I cut off the stems. I, you know, I make sure they get well washed. And then I throw, I don't even slice the bulbs or anything. I just once I make sure they're washed and I've cut off the stems, I just put them in an oven on a cookie sheet. Put that oven on like three fifty, and let them cook for about 40, 40 to fifty minutes. Bake, and then when they come off, there's a little membrane, the little skin part. When you get it out of there, you let them cool down. You get it. Out. I, I do wrap them in. I've wrapped them actually so they roast a little better in, in aluminum foil. Mm -hmm. But but um, but the thing is, they come out and they are tender and they taste good. They have a great texture. I'll I'll slice them up and I'll throw them in a salad. You know, I have them in the fridge. I'll just throw some cubes of them in the salad. You know, just, sometimes I'll just pluck them in my mouth. And you know, I grew up not liking liking beets because when I was about eight nine years old. I thought some slice. I thought I was about to pop some sliced beets in my mouth. I popped that stuff in my mouth, and it was the it was pickled. I, I thought it was cranberry sauce. It was around Thanksgiving, and I said, "Ooh, some cranberry sauce." You know, people love cranberry sauce. It's so sweet, and it was beets. And huh. you know, when you're thinking one thing and you get another, you get a sour, salty versus a sweet. I'm like, oh, what the heck is this stuff? I didn't. I never wanted to eat beets after that. Wow. And then I rediscovered them. But they're easy, fresh beets. Yeah. Try it. Go and get a recipe. It's really not hard at all. You don't have to do much with them. I'll have to check that out because um, even Chef Ed, because I interviewed him um, yeah. last week and um, we were talking about mushrooms and I said, I just don't like them. And I'll tell you why. It tastes like fungi <laughs> and it's rubbery. And, and I just, I'm, I, re I guess it might have been the way they were cooked. Yeah, and then I'm yeah. like, well, there are other things because I love. I mean, I hate to say this, but I I have a love relationship. I'm married to lentils. <laughs> oh yes, beautiful. I love lentils. Lentils are just wonderful. I just bought a big bag of lentils, black lentils, for seven bucks. Yeah. And, there's so uh, much you can do with lentils too. You know, you can make cornbread out of lentils. You can. You, there's so many things you can do with lentil burgers. You know, lentil. Of course, there's lentil stew. And you know they don't have lentil to be loaf. Lentil loaf. There you go. Bread. Oh, oh see um, what I do is I know mm -hmm. this sounds crazy, but what I did was I made this pasta salad and I put it on. I put it out there today. 
And I I took a couple lentils because that's what you're supposed to have. Mm-hmm. And I soaked it in three cups of water and for 20 minutes. And then I rinsed them real good. And then I put them in a pan with three cups of water. And I put a half a teaspoon of turmeric in there. Mm. Okay. And I, I let it cook for 15 minutes on medium high. Then I, I drained it. And then I put it in my salad that I had made. I made a pasta salad mm-hmm. with... Um, cilantro onion celery organic celery and i took organic bell pepper orange and red and yellow mini bell peppers and i cut those and put those in my food processor and chopped them up and put that in there with paprika crushed black pepper sea salt cumin garlic powder and paprika yeah and i put all that in there and then i put some lemon juice in there a little bit of uh, olive oil in there and then I cooked me some linguine noodles and I put that in there. And then I went and took a fourth of a cup of uh, tahini, put that in a bowl with a half a cup of uh, extra virgin olive oil. And then I took the same seasonings I used in the pasta salad and put a teaspoon each of that in there. Minus, I put the lemon juice and then I put a tablespoon of garlic powder because I like garlic. Mixed that all up really well, poured it over the pasta salad, and mixed it up and put it inside of the um, the refrigerator. Oh, with the lentils, of course. And then um, I put it all in, and then I made me a bowl yesterday at like around 11 o'clock my time in the morning. And then I put two spoonfuls of vegan mayonnaise, and I put that on top, and I mixed it all up and ate it. Oh, my God. Mm. Yeah, it was so go. freaking, and it was two. I made enough for two bowl foods, two servings. Yeah, and it was so good and so yeah. filling. Well, I found I've never been more appreciative and excited about food as I have been since not eating any meat products. Because let's face it, there's twenty thousand food, plant-based foods out there. I mean. I mean, I can ask you to name all the meats that you don't eat now, right? That you ate through life and you're not going to go, you're not going to use both hands, right? To name the different meats, right? No. But name all the veggies. Now, a lot of people can't use both hands that eat the standard American diet to name the vegetables and fruit that they eat, unfortunately. And the standard American diet, usually the average is two servings of fruit, uh, two servings of uh, plant-based foods daily. And they even count in some of these these questionnaires, they count ketchup as a serving. You know, I mean, I can't believe it, but they count ketchup. Um, but anyway, um, you know, we eat so little of this, but look at the diverse amount of plants. If you walk in, like my favorite place, I'm sure you found that too, is the produce. Produce section. Yeah. You walk into the store, you most, most often you turn to the right and there is this rainbow natural color of garden of Eden. Do you and that's know? where we, that's where we spend our time. Well, you uh-huh. know, it's funny you say that because do you know that the average person only spends three minutes in the produce yes. section? Yes, <laughs> yes, So you know you've arrived when you spend your 20 or 30 minutes in the produce and you well, spend three three minutes everywhere else. <laughs> right. And well, you know, and it's funny too because like, okay, I, I, I do the, the frozen and the fresh and like, okay, this one particular time I actually made um, a Buddha bowl okay but i made a buddha bowl like for three days <laughs> okay yeah so there I, you took, go. I took a cup and a half of, of indian 
basmati rice and I yeah. soaked it for 20 minutes and then I rinsed it and all that. And yeah. then I put the the vegetable stock in there and put my seasonings in there and then I massaged that and then I cooked it, you know, until it got done. Yeah. And then I I um took some tofu. Yeah. And I seasoned it and put soy sauce and all kinds of other things and cooked it really good and then cut you know cut it up and all that because I have a tofu press. And then um I did that and then I used Carrots, celery, onion, garlic. Um, I used kale, tofu, and oh, uh, I used quinoa. <laughs> okay, that's and a great amami. grain. And all amami. your essential amino acids in quinoa. Yeah, yeah. all your yeah. essential amino acids, a building block of protein. Yeah, and then I used yeah. quinoa, I used um, edamame. Yeah, you got soy. Yeah, yep. uh, yeah. So I used all that, and I built this bowl, and I took. I always take pictures of everything I eat yeah. before I eat it, yeah. and everybody's like, "Man, it looks so good!" And then I, you know, of course, I use soy sauce and all that type of stuff, yeah. and then and you know, I use my main seasonings and whatnot, and everybody's like, "That looks really good." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah it's a Japanese. It's my take on Japanese yeah. <laughs> style," you know. Um, Buddha bowl, and um, yeah. you know, like I told people, I have sushi rice in my house. I have basmati rice in my house. I have brown rice in my house, Indian rice in my house. I was like, look, I can decide right now what I'm gonna make. And a lot of times when I'm cooking or whatever, I use all the vegetables in my, you know, I even use radishes too. Yep. Yep. So I'll I'll just build like I'll do that I'll just start chopping everything and putting one thing of each so I can use it up and then some canned tomato diced tomatoes and stuff like that and everybody's like oh my god like your stuff looks so good I'm like oh well thank you I mean I go on YouTube and I find I find all kinds of recipes that yeah YouTube is a wonderful source if people don't want to buy the books or. Right. Or you know, go, go get in these other apps like Forks Over Knives or places like that, or on Facebook because there are some wonderful sources there too. I've gotten a lot of great ideas from Forks Over Knives. I YouTube... joined. I joined Forks Over Knives. I was there for twenty four hours. I left. <laughs> it was too. I I said something somebody didn't like, and I I just introduced myself and I got bashed. And I was like, Oh, I don't I'm talking be... about. I'm not talking about the um, group. I'm talking about the the app. That has okay. just recipes. They okay. have an app that has oh, just good. recipes, and oh, it's customized, and it can get your grocery list and you know, the whole bit. So it's really nice. Um, okay. But yeah, the, the diversification of plants is just astounding. And you, you mentioned radishes, and people don't realize when they just add radish to their salad too or their bowl, you're adding a cruciferous vegetable. Cruciferous vegetables are vegetables that are highly antioxidant. They tend to have a high amount of, of um, anti-inflammatory characteristics and low calories and right. other nutrients. So radishes, when you add radishes, you're adding another important component of health, as well as filling your bowl with some good stuff that can fill you up. Oh, yeah, because I use the, the, the round ones, the red ones, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then I use the white ones. The I think they're Japanese yeah. ones, the... Uh-huh. 
yeah they give and you that I, texture you get that crunch and stuff it's nice yeah. oh yeah and i and my i i use my food processor as the hack to chop up all my stuff okay it's always so, good yeah so but i will say you know like my friend like i had made a stir fry the other day with almost everything uh, carrots and celery and onion and garlic and i used yeah. the i used the white radish and and corn and i used edamame and i had yeah. cabbage and i put cabbage in there too yeah with all my seasonings and stuff and soy sauce and i ate yeah. on it for like two days and i was like i don't want yeah. this to go to waste so i gave it to my friends yesterday yeah and they will eat whatever it is that i give them and because they know it's healthy and i don't like to waste money yeah. So at least I know it's going to be eaten. And they'll call me, this is good. I'm like, yeah. oh, well, I'm glad you liked it. Because, you know, that might be the only healthy thing they get. Right. You know, and so and I sat there and I said, well, I pretty much have all the foods that you would need to lose weight. Except for yeah. barley, rye bread. And there's another one arugula i think it was mm -hmm. but i had everything else and you know yeah. and i realized that corn was another one that helped you lose weight you just don't put butter i don't put butter on my corn anyway so yeah, me neither yeah. but i mean i would on corn on the cob but regular corn not necessarily i mean if i well, was you well you'll put vegan butter on it now right yeah so, yeah yeah because yeah. i have the yeah. i have the right. earth balance yeah yeah yeah, I've learned. I've learned not to use any. I mean, you, your taste buds can be rehabbed. I'm sure you've seen this. The thing, I mean, the, the example of this that goes back decades are people that go on salt restriction. Um, I remember my grandmother when I was young and I didn't have high blood pressure, and I must have been in grade school. My grandmother had high blood pressure, and and some tough, some cook, some cooking that my mom would do sometimes would be too salty for her, and it would and it would taste like it needed salt to me. And, and the reason why was because she was so used to salt restriction, even what we regularly would use, which is a lot of salt in the American diet, it was just too salty because her, her, your taste buds can be rehabbed. Right. There, there's this guy named David Katz, who's a nutrition expert. And he's, he, I love what he, how he puts it. He says, your taste buds love the ones they're with. They can be mm -hmm. rehabilitated. So if you keep giving them something, they're going to get used to it and they're going to crave it. And I found that to be true. Only bread I eat is Ezekiel bread. And it tastes like cardboard to me years ago when I first said, I'm like, oh, I'm used to that wonder bread, soft, mushy, spongy, you know. But then I had the Ezekiel bread. Now all I eat is Ezekiel bread and I crave it now. I love Ezekiel bread. Well, it's you made know, from it's, sprouted it's, grains. Right. Yeah. Well, you lot, know, it's funny because I, I asked that mm -hmm. question to a lot of people in the vegan rooms on Clubhouse. And I said, well, bread is a very big issue. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, yes, I just bought me some, I just bought me some um, sourdough bread yesterday. Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll eat it in the morning, like with my oatmeal. Mm -hmm. And then that'd be the only bread I have all day. Yeah. You know, but. Nothing wrong with that. But, you know, like, I mean, I used to be a bread fiend. Yeah. And see, and, that key, the key thing is you said you used to be. Yes. So. Yeah, I, and yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'll still I'll have my burgers and all that and so forth. And yeah. I like my pita bread. And I, I have pita bread frozen in my freezer and I'll make my hummus and, you know, my falafel and, 
so forth and so on. And I mean, people are like, it's expensive to go vegan. And I'm like, no, it's not. If you actually, if you do it smartly, I go to Aldi's, I go to uh, Whole Foods, Mm -hmm. I go to Sam's Club, and Mm -hmm. I'll buy certain stuff in bulk. Mm -hmm. And if they have a whole tray of beans that's the same that I'm looking for, I'll pick up the whole tray and buy it. Yeah. Because it's only 61 cent a can. That's what you do. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I have, you know, my black beans, my cabanzo beans, my cannellini beans, my uh, kidney beans, red kidney beans, um, my lentils in every color. Yeah. Um, And I have split peas someone gave me. Um, Great northern beans. So I have a lot of beans. Yeah. And a lot of different rice. And a lot of different noodles. Because there's times when I cook Asian food. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have certain noodles and, you know, I have my um, rusted potatoes because I'm, I'm not a sweet potato person, yeah. but I'll have my rusted potatoes and every vegetable I can think of in my freezer that's frozen mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the stuff that's fresh. And then I'll, if I want to make something that's vegan, I have the you know, different ways of doing it. Um, I was, I actually was lucky. I, I found me a 32 ounce bag of dried cranberries online for 10 bucks. Mm. So I went out and got them because I'm like, oh, because a seven ounce bag at Whole Foods was $4.50. Yeah. yeah, cranberries are packed with uh, antioxidants and nutrients. I mean, the, the fact that it ends in berry tells you that it's in that upper class of healthy fruit. Yeah, but, I just uh, wish I can yeah. get blackberries in a large quantity. Yeah, yeah. Well, you if you did the thing about the berries though, you probably you, if you got them in large quantity, you'd be freezing them, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I get them. Yeah, cause, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got cause like a are. big bag of of um, uh, blueberries yesterday for like eight ninety nine, and then yeah. I got another thing of frozen strawberries for seven ninety nine, and um. Yeah, I put those if you, in. The if, if you buy the frozen ones in bulk, yeah, that's that's okay because when they the difference, a lot of people think, okay, you really have a step down in in the nutritional quality when you buy frozen, mm-hmm. but that's not true. The thing about these frozen fruits and veggies is they are frozen just off the vine, so right. when they when they are transported several states away, as in most cases, right, in many cases. They're fro that nutrition is frozen in, as opposed to say some blueberries that come from or strawberries that come from California that aren't frozen, that you get five days later, seven mm-hmm. days later, you know. Right. It's debatable whether the frozen ones coming that left at the same time are not even more nutritional because it's frozen and right. that, that that you know the, the the status is frozen. So a lot of people. So I don't I don't mind when stuff's not in season or when I'm preparing for the winter or whatever. I'll get that those frozen fruits and veggies and fill my freezer with those because they are the next best thing to having them off the vine. Oh yeah, because like I even have frozen mango and pineapple. Yeah. Yes, I do yeah. that too. Yes, that's makes yeah. I make my ice cream. I do. I make ice cream out of that in a minute. Uh, I always keep some frozen veg, frozen fruit, because that's my dessert. You know, sometimes after dinner, you just really want something sweet, something cold, something different. Right. And you know, you get tired of just having 
or me, you know, having a banana or apple as my dessert. But gosh, what a difference. I have some, make some nice cream. I keep some bananas in because that makes it creamy and tastes like ice cream. And I'll throw the fruit in with it. The, the banana also, if it's kind of polka dot banana, it's kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. And you slice it up, put it in the freezer. Then you always got it ready. You don't have to have any special device. If you just have a good blender, you right. can make an ice cream. Throw a little soy milk in there. Throw the, throw the frozen banana, the other frozen fruit in there. I put a little, little extract, vanilla extract. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes some cinnamon. And that's your dessert. And I make, I make shakes. I made a mango shake um, the other day. It was like, maybe three weeks ago. I was when we were on our plant-based, uh, authentically plant-based room on Mondays. I shared it with the clubhouse gang. And um, it was just wonderful. It was just as good as any commercial shake, but not the dairy. I saw that on YouTube because I was looking. I wanted to make me a shake, and I love banana shakes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and I said, I want to, I want to, you know, and I love bananas, period. But then you can't have too much potassium because it's not good for you. And you can't have too little because that's not good for you. And I'm like, well, yeah. what? What range? Well, let me let me let me let me address that. Uh, first of all, if you look up the the relative amount of potassium in fruit, bananas always get the credit, but it's like number thirty. You know, I mean, it's like I mean, there's there, there's not a whole lot of potassium in bananas. Number one, okay, mm-hmm. relative relative to even some other fruit, even like a cup of orange juice. Um, so the thing is that. Uh, most plants have a lot of potassium, but mm-hmm. the thing, but when you eat whole food, and even if you take it and you put it in a blender, mm-hmm. and you're not juicing it, you don't have to worry about getting too much potassium. The only one I would be concerned about, only sub segment or sub class of people I'd worry about, may, or could be concerned about, or maybe people that already have kidney insufficiency. They're already on dialysis or near dialysis or or you know they're really on watch because of kidney disease. Then yes, you may have some concerns with even you know concentrated fruits or with um, or blending fruits, maybe. But the right. human body is so resourceful in dealing with plant based. You don't have to worry about sodium or because by time you fill your stomach up with how much you can eat of any fruit or veggie. You've you've not you you would not be able to overcome your kidneys' ability to parse out how much sodium and potassium to get rid of. So you really don't have to worry about that except under certain unique circumstances. Like if you already have some kidney disease. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I remember when I, I, before I even became vegan 11 years ago, um, I had went on this whole exercise kick because my aunt almost had a heart attack in front of me twice. And I was like, oh, a little over 200 pounds. And I turned around and I decided, okay, I'm going to get me some dumbbells, a yoga mat, an exercise mat, a shake weight, two, two exercise DVDs. And I did it. And then I cut back on how much I ate. And I just exercised every other day. Well, yeah. 11 months later, or not even 11 months later, let's say about nine months later, I go to my doctor. Now I'm having a banana every day with, in my smoothie and, you know, I... She tells me, your potassium's too high. You know, you can die from that. No, I don't feel nothing wrong with me whatsoever. Healthy exercising. I'm like, what do you mean I could die from too much potassium? <laughs> like, 
Well, she was right. You can, and you may. There may have been something else going on. I don't know if you were on any medicines. If you were on, is oh, there no. some medicine? Oh no, man. You weren't. You weren't on any medicines at the no, time. No. Um, mm-hmm. If you can, I mean, as an internist, if I saw that your potassium was high and you told me you were doing what you were doing, I would number the first thing I would do. First of all, I, with what I know now, I would congratulate you that you're doing that because those are healthy things you were doing. Exercising, eating smoothies, bananas every day, nothing wrong with that. Um, but I would then make sure there aren't any other things going on. I would first repeat the test because these tests aren't always very accurate. If what? something is out of line, right. I repeat the test. And then if it still shows that it's high, then I'm going to look for an explanation. There's got to be an explanation. A banana a day would not be an explanation. Well, but you know, um, funny because uh-huh. I didn't know either at the time that I had fibroids in my uterus. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so they had to take that out, and it was like seven a seven pound bowling ball in my stomach. Yeah, I see. Yeah, and you, you had other things going on too. Yeah. And I I knew that happened. I found that out a month later, and then I found out it was hereditary on my mother's side. But because my mother rarely went to the doctor when she was alive, we didn't know what. You know, my grandmother didn't have it, but my aunts did. Yeah. And then subsequently down the road. And then I'm sitting here and I'm watching these doctors on YouTube and they're talking about, well, if you actually do eat meat and you eat certain things, this can cause you to have fibroids. And I'm like, lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Neil Barnard is uh, an MD who's dedicated his life to nutrition. He has a. Uh, a website called pcrm.org and he's got presence all over YouTube and he has a book about hormones and balance and he speaks towards hormones a lot as far as the plant-based diet. I don't know if you're aware, but they, they, they have some studies out of his, the Barnard Medical Center that shows that when you go plant-based and eat a significant amount, like a, a, a half a cup to a cup of uh, soy of some sort um, regularly, that more than 60% of the time you, you can get rid of or reduce significantly menopausal symptoms, not assuming you have them, but I'm saying not a lot of women struggle with them. I had a person who was a client of mine that I was doing personal health coaching for, and that was one of her main things. And she's, she gets, you know, hot flashes and, and um, you know, I got her to stop drinking, you know, a, a gla- couple of glasses of wine every day, which I thought was part of it. And it did help. But I subsequently found out through this study that if you really go plant-based and increase your serving of soy, you know, eat about a serving of, of soy, which mm-hmm. can be tofu, it can be edam, it can be um, that they have a study that clearly shows there was a, there was a 60% reduction in these, um, in hot flashes and some of these, and some of the women, it was, it was like all gone. <laughs> it was like, so, so, um, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. Now, I, I'm just curious. Like, um, are you like Chef Ed and Chef Don and all those people where you kind of combine your grocery haul, like at most stores and farmers market, or do you like to grow your stuff? Okay, one thing I aspire to do is to grow. I'm gonna, but right now with my day job, consuming so much of my time. I just don't have it. And I live in the Midwest where a lot of the months, you know, can't grow outside, although there are ways of dressing that you can have indoor gardens, but I'm just not there yet. Um, So that's what I aspire to do. But otherwise, yeah, just like you, I have my places. I go my favorite places to get certain things. 
Um, there's a there's a health store just a minutes away from me. I, I go to, but I also go to this. There's a chain called Myers that, um, that I go to that has pretty good organic protein produce. Because certain things I only do organic, like berries, you know, strawberries, blueberries, things right. like apples. Certain things I only do organic, but I don't do everything organic. I don't think it's quite necessary. Although ideally, maybe that'd be good. But yeah, um, I I just bought mm-hmm. a head of organic cauliflower and i love cauliflower whether it's frozen yeah. or fresh yeah and uh it was five dollars <laughs> yeah you pay more for those you can go broke trying to go totally organic and there's uh are you aware of the site they they, they updated i think annually it's from the um, environmental working group ewg they, they have the clean 15 and the dirty dozen mm-hmm. and they it, it kind of prior to prioritizes what you should think about getting organic and what's on there all the time are strawberries and about 18 different pesticides on strawberries. So I never, I, I don't eat strawberries out of restaurants for that reason, because they have the most pesticides on and they're hard to clean off too. I mean, some of them, you know, apples, at least if I, they don't have my organic apples, I might get some conventional apples every now and then. I just spend a little extra time scrubbing them. But with the, uh, with stuff like the berries, with all those little nooks and crannies, and with strawberries, I, I only do organic because I just don't need that. Yeah, I've been yeah. I've been doing like the frozen strawberries and the frozen yeah. berries or, and organic. Frozen... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's what um, I do too. Yeah. I now I will say this: if if there's a big bag of you know, okay, if I get organic, yeah. you know, blueberries or whatever. Yeah then that's great but if i see a small bag of organic and of like i they had like organic um blackberries but it wasn't in a big bag they were really tiny yeah and i'm yeah, like dude i'm not spending this much nah, money. i don't blame it's like five dollars i'm like okay yeah that's too much so i'll go like i'll try to go to all these next yeah. weekend and see if i can yeah. find some blackberries because uh, I want to add that yeah. to my mix, and I um, do you do um, chia bowls, chia pudding? I um, I have on occasion. I I put like a teaspoon of chia in my oatmeal. I have I have a fully loaded oatmeal recipe that I do. It takes me a while to do it, but it's worth it. It I love it. It's packed with nutrition, and it involves a teaspoon of chia seeds. <laughs> so so and so it's af- after after the oatmeal's cooked. Actually, I put the chia seed in there, and then let it sit for either i let it sit for a while or i cook it a little more i but, um, when i okay yeah. i know this sounds crazy i do have mm-hmm. my still cut oats uh-huh. in the instant and in the container but uh-huh. i like my flavored oatmeal so okay. i have my right. my my maple and brown sugar instant oatmeal and i'll yeah. put that in there and then i'll yeah. put two tablespoons of chia seeds which is supposed to be the equivalent of one serving then i'll uh-huh. take two handfuls of frozen blueberries then i yeah. take a handful of cranberries dried cranberries then i'll yeah. take two handfuls of walnuts and crush them up yeah. and put that yeah. in there and then i'll take two pads of, of vegan butter and put that in there then i'll put it underneath my hot shot where my water was just boiled put that on it and then mix it all up and everything and eat it well you know i tell people to never let the pursuit of perfection get in the way of the good and you know that's 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 been said a number of times in many venues, but it's so so true. You know, we all strive for perfection, of course, but don't let your stri- your, your your pursuit of perfection allow you to 
you know, block, get, you know, block your own path to just the plain good. And, you know, I think what you said in the balance of things is you have a healthy oatmeal breakfast. Health, healthier than what we grew up doing. I mean, I grew oh, up I eating oatmeal with, with a tablespoon of sugar, a mm. tablespoon of butter, some cow's milk. Sometimes I throw some frosted flakes in there. I mean, there's. <laughs> just, oh no, oh you God. didn't. You That's... didn't have the one I had. My grandmother used to make it. She'll boil it on the freaking daggone stove with some water, and then of course she likes everything to be done. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. it's all dry. Well, let me tell you the rice. I grew up eating right rice <laughs> that was more like sugar porridge because it would be overcooked. But that's how I grew up. And my grandmother would, you know, we had white rice for days. And by the time we have it, it'd be like a porridge. It, it had no more texture to it. But I loved it because she loaded it with butter, salt, and sugar. And that's how I thought rice was supposed to taste. That's no, how thought... grits, that's how I thought grits were supposed to taste. Loaded with salt and butter and sugar. I didn't do the salt <laughs> for grits. I did the butter and the sugar. I, look, well, you know, I you still, make them with still, salt. Still, they are made with salt. Right. You know, she would cook it with salt. Yeah. Now, my, you know? now, now, I will tell you what's good, though. Butter grits, well, butter, yeah. butter grits yeah, with some sugar in it, and then you have, yeah. you have some butter biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Everything had butter. I mean, it's and and every and bacon made tasty. I'm talking about that pork bacon. I'm not. No, look. I'm not advertising. I'm not saying I don't do any pork, any bacon. I don't do any meat. Right. I'm just saying we're, we're talking now history. Right. Historically. Bacon made even liver taste good. <laughs> well, but you know what? It's so funny because my mother used to cook liver and onions with gravy and rice, uh -huh. and I would eat the hell out of it. I actually liked it too. I liked it too. But, but I know there are a lot of people that uh, really hated liver. But uh, but I know when they wrapped that bacon around the liver, it made it more palatable. For well, I, I stopped, you know, it's funny because I stopped eating bacon because of how salty it was. Well, I stopped eating it a long time ago just because we stopped right. eating pork. And my father right. was going, we were about to go Muslim. And my father said, well, maybe it's not a good idea. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we still stopped eating pork early on. I never went back to it. So it was turkey bacon and beef bacon and all that stuff. Yeah, but, I did. I did the yeah. turkey bacon. But then after yeah. a while, I, you know, I just got tired of, I think it was after last Thanksgiving. I just got tired. I mean, yeah. I was eating healthy anyway, but, yeah. and then the meat was starting to become more expensive. Yeah. And I said, you know what, let's try this. And my cousin went vegan about four years ago because she wound up having a, uh, she lost like 230 pounds. They told mm -hmm. her that if she didn't lose it, she would be type 2 diabetic. And so she wound up losing it. Um, mm, yeah, she had to do the, the gastro bypass. But yeah, she, yeah. after she saw how much weight she had lost, I mean, she yeah. exercised and, and did everything the doctors told her. And yeah. she lost all the weight. And she was like a whole new person. But yeah. she pretty much, when she saw all that, it, it put her in like, she was traumatized by it. And she said she never wanted yeah. to gain that weight back. So she became 100% vegan. Good. That's great. And um, yeah, I mean, her son still eats meat and my aunt and stuff yeah. still does. But I mean, she still, she'll eat whatever my cousin cooks. That may be healthy, but it, you know, like she's doing karate now and, you know, she's really, you know, and I, she was like, oh yeah, like she wants to have her own um, truck 
food truck yeah. for vegans. Yeah. And uh, I said, you know, yeah, I mean, it's it's worth it. I, now, mind you, I, I like to cook food from all over the place. So if I find a, a, a recipe that I like, I will adapt it for, you know, vegan yeah. way of doing it. And I said, well, I, I've had... I had vegan jambalaya, vegan um, gumbo. Oh yeah, it's not hard. Like you can veganize anything, right? You, you really can. Yeah. You can have ve- you can have vegan tuna fish. Have you ever had vegan tuna fish? No. I mean, it's just I, I grew up loving tuna fish. Is it? And is I it had with, some vegan with, tuna uh, fish. Is it with garbanzo chickpeas? Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's a recipe. I made it once. It wasn't as good as when it was made for me by someone. Sometimes I think when I have things that pe- that aren't as good that somebody else makes, I think they're putting something in it that maybe shouldn't be. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but that's just me. But I'm always looking to improve on what I can make for myself. But what I made was pretty good still. I still would never want to eat tuna. And, you know, tuna... Tuna, I used to really love tuna, and I could make a really mean tuna salad. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, tuna is loaded with mercury, especially the canned tuna. And oh, yeah. And I, I hardly ate tuna fish after 2004 because yeah. when we had that yeah. big blackout. Yeah. All those years yeah, ago. Yeah, and, the, and, the, and tuna, the, the fish that we get our tuna from, the tuna, right. they are an endangered species, and, and, and they're getting caught up in these nets for that for shrimp they're when they're fishing with shrimp and all this other stuff it's just a shame what's happening oh yeah i to, saw cesperia and yeah, i i yeah. just i cried when they cut dolphins the, yeah oh dolphins gosh. and the whales and they took the whale oh. on the beach and slit its throat and this is horrible i just it's was horrible. like i i don't understand how anybody can be that cruel to animal yeah I find myself being, I try to propagate this information to people, giving it to them in baby steps, because, you know, people don't want to hear those kind of things, because they know, they know emotionally it's not good, and they don't want to change, they're kind of, they're kind of hooked on these foods, and so, but I still want the message to get across, but I also understand, because I didn't realize this till I was in my 50s, so I went all these years, even being a physician, and still didn't get this till that late in life. So what that says to me is I have to have a little patience. I, I'm, I'm on a mission, just like you are, right. to not only be an example, but to be active. Right. But on the other hand, I don't want to beat people over the head because there was a time in my life nobody could beat me over the head either. Right. And, and I should have known better. <laughs> so, well, you know, so... <laughs> it's that, and that's amazing that you say that because... A lot of time, you know, I get from friends, well, we have a high population rate of animals. And I was like, no, we don't. We yeah. have a high human population rate. Right. That's why right. it's overpopulated is because of the human beings that's on this planet, not the animals. And if you don't stop eating this stuff, we won't have any animal life, period, whether it's sea or land. And what they thought to realize is, you know, people are so like quick to say oh when we get our oxygen from the trees we just don't get our oxygen from the trees we get it from the water too yeah and the animal life in the water and if you don't have the animal life in the water to help with the population of our oxygen we won't we're gonna die oh and someone brought this up in a documentary recently the next thing that's going to go is our water yeah so all the important things, yeah. 
Right. Our food, so, our water, our air. <laughs> right. It's all. It's uh. We better get serious about this. Yeah. Yeah, because I I had people read my um labels on my clothes to see if where they were made, and I was like, oh, why well, was something vegan the whole time? Because I have nothing that has any animal products whatsoever That's in my good. clothes or whatever. Now, mind you, I do have a pair of Doc Martens and some UGG boots. Yeah. But it's the extent of that. Like, I don't have like fur or wool or I don't even wear wool. It makes me itch. So yeah. I, you know, in, in I know people where they're, they're such animal, you know, they're animal rights activists. I, me being visually impaired and having a guide dog, you know, the first thing, oh, well, that's slavery to a dog. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, I mean, you have people that are that extreme. And it's just like, I have to overlook some of that. Like, I've seen the videos of people, you know, protesting that we should have guide dogs from a pound. And I'm like, no, they have to be bred a certain way. I mean, you know, like you mate a dog, like a dog would be mated, but they're in a controlled area, a school, and, you know, they're with the mother for like two and a half months before they're, you know, taken to a puppy raiser home to be learn how to be around human beings, you know, because they're going to be interacting with all kinds of people, you know, and they get the, you know, house training and all that. And they start their training of being a, you know, guide dog in training. They go everywhere, hospitals and yeah. all kinds of places and then the last five months they get trained on you know the streets and different areas because they don't know where they're going to be going whether it's the country whether it's a small town whether it's a big city and so they're trained to do so much um and i've had my guide dog it'll be eight years in july and he's about to be ready for retirement soon and i'm about to get another one and i just you know i was reading a different advocacy groups you know for animals especially PETA and they have this thing about you know uh, guide dogs and I said well wait a minute are you are you legally blind are you totally blind and do you need a guide dog and have you ever seen anybody with a guide dog or are you just going off of your passion for animals in general because they're not being treated inhumanely I know plenty of people that have house dogs and they treat their animals not too well. So I said, this is a totally different situation. And no, you, I wouldn't trust a human being to guide me around. Sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's too dangerous. So yeah, those types of, I mean, you know, I, I love the whole, you know, let's save the animals, but when it comes down to, I don't know, um, people becoming, so obsessed to the point where it's scary. Mm -hmm. Their behavior is scary. Yeah. Um, I have a problem with that. So yeah. that's why I haven't joined any, like, I haven't joined PETA. I bought certain things from PETA, but I haven't joined it, like, per se. Or, you know, because I kind of feel like, okay, you want to educate people on, on animal, you know, rights and all that. Well, if you're going to, if you're going to have people that are, um, representative or they join your organization then you can it would be good for you to be educated on you know the members that you have 
because there are plenty of people that are in the blind community that love animals, you know, and some people are vegan. And, you know, we've had to make videos defending our, our position because, you know, they they see it one way and only one way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that that I've, I've noticed that with certain people, like when you talk about veganism as a prime example, like, it, you know, it's not just for the health reasons. It's also for the animals. It's also for the environment. And then you start becoming more conscious of what you're wearing, what you're putting in your body. You know, you're conscious of the stuff that people are putting in their bodies, even though you can't really say too much because it's them, not you. So you have to deal with you and your own way of of, of interacting in the world and promoting veganism without... Uh, you know, kind of alienating yourself from people you care about. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I mean, I I've heard from um, people where you know they've had to in relationships because of it. And I'm like, it shouldn't be that way. You should be able to still educate by example. You might not say anything verbally, but okay, look at what you have on your plate. You know, maybe that'll get somebody to realize, oh, that looks good. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's an ongoing thing. So, to wrap Mm -hmm. up, where can people find you if they want to? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, if they're on Facebook, I have a Facebook page called Mindful Eating and Nutrition Services. Okay. That's Mindful Eating and Nutrition Services. The acronym is MEANS. Okay. So, that's a Facebook page. And then um, I have a website, a blog that's called, uh, that's www.fearlessmd21.com. So just remembering fearless, F-E-A-R-L-E-S-S, fearlessmd21. I couldn't just do fearlessmd because it was taken already. So I had to put a 21. That's the year I launched the idea of the uh, website. So fearlessmd 21 dot com is my website and mm-hmm. on that website is my you'll find my, my youtube channel which i have weekly uh youtube uh videos all under 10 minutes okay and um my instagram and, uh, information so that's pretty much it so i um i'm located in the south uh, south suburbs of chicago where i practice allergy and immunology i still see new patients about three or four new patients a day I'm down to three days a week was uh, I'm on kind of the the back end of my career in allergy and immunology, maybe another year, year and a half, but I'm still working there from Wednesdays through Fridays and one Saturday a month. And that's pretty much uh, my shtick. Well, thank you, Dr. James Thompson. I really appreciate this interview. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. This was, um, I'm it was such, you know, I always get out. I always get something out of this from uh, people like you that have taken up the the banner and uh, and do so well to uh, not only set an example, but to share. And I'm always glad to be a part of it. So thanks for having this space. And I'd be happy to come back at some sometime. And I'll be keeping an eye out for some of your other guests too. Uh, as I mentioned to you before, I saw you have quite a, a lot of good discussion topics and some guests I'm aware of that I recognize that, are, that I'd love to go back and listen to so thank you oh you're welcome i i i'm gonna have um page 
Parsons um, Roach on my show That's on the fifteenth. Awesome. So great. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to get see if I can get Jane on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. great yeah. people. Yeah, because I, I enjoy Unchained TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I watched as many of the documentaries as I could though, but after yeah. a while, I had to stop. Like, yeah, she, they keep popping up. They're good, but yeah. Game it's, changers. It's, yeah, that oh, now I love that. I love that one. That one was awesome. Like, yeah. I, I think I probably watched six or seven of them, but I'm just like, I'd rather get more out of I mean, because once you see one documentary and they're telling you, yeah. it's just like, okay, this is too desensitizing. So, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good information all the same for anybody who, who wants to know yeah. more. I mean, that's right. It is. You know, you can never stop learning. So, and we need but, a little motivation every now and then. I'd only add one more thing. We had, you mm-hmm. talked about um, some people that struggle with this B12. They, yeah, you mentioned you take B12, but I, I want to yeah. emphasize the importance of those that really do give up the meat, egg, and dairy. You should absolutely be taking some B12 supplement. And if you're like me and you're salt restricting too, you need a source of iodine because if you're right. not putting that salt on, which is a good thing for most people of color, they want to put, you know, letting the salt I, come I from natural food. Salt. I use sea salt. Well, you have to make sure it's iodized. Right, and, right. Um, and I, sea salt will still affect your blood pressure. Whether it's sea salt, pink salt, Himalayan salt, that's oh, all, oh, oh, that's sodium. Oh, trust me. Oh, trust so, me. I just yeah. went to the doctor. Yeah. And they were like, well, I'm, I've never had, and this is just the truth, I've, I've never had high blood pressure a day in my life. Okay. I'm speaking yeah. to people that do have to that do have right. to do salt restriction, like me. Right. Right. If I did sea salt, right. I'd be having some higher blood pressure. So, right. so I know. I, that I don't I'll, use a lot though, yeah. and that's the that's the thing I yeah. I do tell people I I don't use a lot. Yeah. Um. At all, like. And if you do a lot of, as we were talking about, if you do a lot of natural foods and plants, right. you get some. You get potassium, which kind of makes you get rid of more sodium anyway. Right. So it all fits well. But for those who ha- who aren't doing any table salt, and if they are doing, say, sea salt, and it's not iodized, then they could become iodine deficient. So they want to look right. out for that. Right. And right. sea vegetables can add back that iodine, stuff like wakame, nori sheets, things like that, right. that right. has iodine right. in it. Right. But just wanted to make that right. point. Well, thank Alrighty. you so much for coming on to the show. I, I have to go anyway because my guide dog is starting to whine. And okay. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. You too. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye.